and it was sitting there and I just sat in the bed of my truck and I look up at the stadium and it was late at night and I was like, man, that's crazy. I get to go and be the guy in there. You know what I mean? Like I get to go start in there on Saturday. What's going on, Sooner Nation? Welcome to the podcast on the Prairie, episode four. I'm your host, Jeremiah Hall, along with my co-host, Braden Willis. I am number 27 on the field. My boy right here is number nine. What's up, Braden? Episode What's four. Going on, man? What's going on, Sooner family? Episode four, man. We chugging along through it, man. Man, I remember when we first started thinking about this thing back in July, June. Ooh. It's been a process. We're chugging them out now every week. I know, man. Shout out to Sooner Faithful for tuning in, guys. Um, So around, uh, wait, first, let me not get ahead of myself. What's going on with life, Brady? You know, tell me what's going on, man. Like, what you got? Anything? <sighs> school, man. Just more school. Got some exams coming up this week. Uh, other than that, man, I just, hey, man, been living the life, man. Playing ball, you know, just, just living the life. Nothing better than a, uh, a season. You know what I'm saying? Nothing better than in-season ball. All right. All right. No, I purposely chose, like, every week, most of my assignments are due on Tuesday. So I purposely chose not to look at any of my stuff after the game or even on Sunday. So, like, that kind of was a downfall, and it kind of, like, hit me back because now I got, like, a three-page paper due tomorrow, and I got to <laughs> – uh, yeah, I got to get the work after this. So, um, yeah, there's that. But on the bright side, uh, my mom came up for the game this weekend – uh, that was nice. I got to spend some quality time with her. Um, I coached the intramural seven on seven football game. That was a uh, that was actually pretty fun, bro. I've uh, my guys from my NBA uh, program. You know, most of them haven't really touched a ball in like I don't know four, five, six years. So, yeah, bro. I really I went out there to crack jokes. Like I was really gonna record and make fun of them and just uh, pretty much be a butthole. But bro, like. My guy Aaron at, at quarterback, he's like 6'4", 6'5", just tall and long. He's, he started throwing touchdowns and making plays. Next thing you know, I'm up coaching and yelling and calling Lincoln Riley's playbook. You I promise you, we ran mesh. Like, you know how I slap hands and just, you know, bro, we ran that at least like eight times for like a total of 80 yards. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, might see uh, – a GA title in my future or something, you know? <laughs> you know what? It's funny that you say that because uh, we are vastly different in that opinion. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I can say that right now. After, hey, after my football right. days are over, over, it's going back to enjoying football for me. I just want to watch it, baby. Yeah. No, nah, I uh, honestly, I think I'd rather become a high school head coach before I become a GA. Um yeah, don't Sooner fans don't quote me on that though, because you know stuff happens. Yeah, stuff does happen. So, moving on to uh, football around the country. So, uh, Oregon beat Ohio State in the upset. I thought that was a a pretty good game. Um, you did you see any of that? I saw that man, and you know some Oregon players went out and tweeted. It wasn't an upset. And I understand that. I like that mentality, actually. I mean, that's a greatness. I, I love that. But they went over there. They went – Oregon went over to Ohio State and 
came out with the W. So shout out to them boys. They were they were balling. They look good, and they did it without their number one player too. So they get some props from me. Yeah, no, nah, they for sure get props from me too. Shout out to Oregon. Uh, I love the mentality. You know, I, I always root for the underdog. You know, I, I don't. I didn't have a dog in the fight. I, I didn't care. So did you see where somebody left a duck in the middle of the field after the game? No, like a little I didn't, I didn't see that, but I, you know, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, man. It, it's it, it always happens to Ohio State, man. I don't know why. You know what it reminded me of <laughs> when Baker planted the flag? That's exactly what I'm talking about. It always happens, man. I don't know why it had to be Ohio State, but it always happens, man. College football is just a world of surprises, you know. Uh, that also reminds me, um, the Miami game, the cat, the cat, what. I mean, I know we were we were just talking about this, and you know, sooner nation. I told Jay Hall, like, when do you ever see cats fall? Like, usually they're pretty good on their feet. So that, that you know, that was just that was weird to me. But shout out to them people out there. You know, they they, they did a great thing right there. I mean, man, yeah, there's nothing more American than people coming together at a football game, saving cats <laughs> at a football game. That flag. Flag. Ameri- <laughs> that, if that's not American, then I don't know what it is. That was a. Uh... Crazy to see. Um, what else happened? Uh, let's see. Jacksonville State, the 59-yard touchdown, the Hail Mary to beat Florida State. That was a – I know you told me earlier you didn't see that game, but, uh, man, that was that was crazy. You know what the – I just saw on Twitter today, right? There was a lineman who proposed to his girl that played for Florida State even though they lost. Oh, that's man. tough. I don't know. I would have had to postpone it or something. I couldn't do it. I couldn't yeah. do it, man. You know, you know, I, mean, I get after losses, man. I can't do it. Think about it, though, from his perspective, right? He probably got her family, his family. Like, they all probably, you know, took off work and they just had to just all be there at the same time. You know, I would have been so nervous. In that case, respect to him because that takes a lot of that takes a lot of character. I mean, yeah. I would have just been like, no, nah, sorry, y'all. I understand. I took, I took, I, I understand, but I'm sorry. I can't yeah. do it. We'll do it next week. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to run this back another day because yeah, I for sure would have backed out. Like Lincoln Riley's like in the locker room cursing out the team because we just lost and bros out there proposing. <laughs> like, no, there's no way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nah, honestly, man. You know, a wife is forever. College football is temporary. So, uh. I'm rolling with the wifey on that one. Shout out to him. Congratulations to him and him and the family. You know, uh, they probably don't listen to the podcast, but even still, you know, love is in the air. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Iowa, Iowa, uh, Iowa, Iowa State, man, big time game, man. In-state yeah. rivalry, everything. Yeah. Um, who won that game? I did not see that game. I'm not even going to lie to you. Uh, Iowa. I would beat Iowa State. Iowa did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is right. That is right. Um, Let's see. Here. I did see this one. You the USC kicker got ejected on the first play of the game for targeting. Did you see that? Didn't see that, but that oh. is that is. Uh... I thought it was a solid hit. I'm not even gonna lie. Like if I'm the ref, like I'm not gonna eject the kicker. Like bro, probably gets like two tackles a year if that. You know? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like if if a kicker gets a good hit, why not just let him see it through? Like let my boy see it through. You know what I'm saying? Like I can understand if it was like a linebacker or like a DB. You know what I'm saying? But it's the kicker. Like come on now. You got to have some respect for a kicker going and putting his head in there like that, man. Come on now. All I know is that if one of our referees ejected Gabe, like, I think Sooner Nation would, like, lose it. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to play the game. It would be a riot. Somebody would storm the field. It'd be a riot. We wouldn't be able to play the game. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Moving on to our game. Uh, 
man, that was a lot of points, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a fun game. It was a good game for us, you know. Uh, it was nice to kind of, more so than whoever the opponent was, it was nice to kind of just get back to our ways and, you know, emphasize some things that we're going to need throughout the year. So, you know, it was good. It was good to work on this a little bit. Sometimes that's what you need, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, by halftime, you know, Spence had like five TDs. Uh, I think the score is like 45-0. Um, like you said, it, it was nice for our uh, our guys to get in there and get some rhythm and just uh, kind of, you know, shake back, especially from the, the sketchy win that we had week one. Um, but today, you know, I'd like to talk about the guys that don't really get as much uh, notoriety, you know, uh, especially – um, except for the, the weatherman, except for Jaden. Jaden is a fan favorite now. We know this. Oh, he doesn't we can't do anything about it. It's the weatherman. Yeah. You know what? I'm still gonna shout him out. You know, what I'm saying? I like his little touchdown celebration. You know, let it rain, a little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I will say that we told we did tell Sooner Nation a couple episodes ago. We that did. Todd Hudson and Jaden Knowles can tote that rock. So I'm not going to say that we told y'all so, but we told y'all so. I did. I think I definitely had an interview and I was like, yo, like those guys will be fine. Like I don't need to get a carry. Like me and Braden are good, you know, like we, we would definitely take a carry. Like don't get twisted. Like, you know, <laughs> but now nah, shout out to to Todd and Jaden, man, for, for um, just stepping up, going out there. Todd had two touchdowns. Jaden had two touchdowns. Um, man, shout out to those boys. Uh, who else uh, got in the game? Oh, Ralph, QB3. He got his first uh, first appearance. Um, yeah, nice little touchdown drive. You know, let, yeah. let, the, let the guys down there to get a touchdown. Todd capped it off. So, you know, shout out, Ralph. But, man, I got to give some love to my boys, man. Shout out to first Jackson Sumlin and Carson Grews, man. Oh, oh boy. Man. Oh, yo, I just saw um, who tweeted. I think Marcus Hicks tweeted on Twitter, right? He called, uh, he talked, he called Grooves. He said, Stog Light. Stog Light. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, bro. That was hilarious. I mean, you kind of see it a little bit. Remember, we were talking at halftime how like half of the people in the stands were going to think that Stog was in the game? Yeah. We had some stat lines to Stogs. <laughs> My mom came and asked me after the game. She's like, why did Stog stay in the entire game? <laughs> Bro, I thought that was so funny. For those of you who don't know, right? So Grooves, he's a um he's one of our walk-on quarterbacks. And um we had lost uh some guys at tight end for like COVID and just you know that type of stuff. And so Grooves comes over to the tight end room for like what a week? How long was he in? Yeah, a week, right? And he wears number 18, the same number as Stog. And they're both like six. Five, six, five. Well, Screws is like six, five, Stog is six, six, but they look in pads, yeah. they look yeah, really weird, weirdly similar. Except, except you know, Stog is a lot bigger. We got to put some weight on Groves. <laughs> yeah, we do got to get some weight on Groves. But yeah, so these guys look exactly the same. And my mom's like, why is he still in the game? Like, what is going on? So I thought that was just so funny because we had talked about it right before it happened. No, that's hilarious, man. Yo, did you see? Um, Danny all over Twitter after the game, like right after he got hurt. Yeah, Danny's insane. Boy. Danny's insane. Danny and is. I say that in the best way possible. I love Danny. I mean, Danny's probably freshman of the year. If I had to, yeah. <laughs> we always say that. We always joke around. But Danny, I mean, like for instance, Danny on Friday brought donuts for the linebacker room, the whole linebacker room. 
Like that's that that that's a freshman right there. That's that's the guy right there. You know what I'm saying? So shout out Danny again. I know I've shouted him out before, but yeah, but also yeah, Danny's insane. So and coming for me, that means a lot because I think I'm halfway insane. But Danny's insane. Yeah, another guy I want to uh, shout out on defense, Ethan Ethan Downs, man, Oklahoma's finest. Got the uh, tackle for loss in the uh, what, third or fourth quarter, second half, somewhere in the second half, and then he got the the forced fumble when the guy was doing the little. Uh, <laughs> What was that? Little skip through. You know what? He was trying to do the little K one skip juke, but it, it didn't work out for him. Yeah, yeah, did not work out for him. Um, yeah, shout out to my boy Ethan and uh, anybody we miss, man. Um, you know, there was so a lot many of great performances yeah. from so many great players. I mean, you know, it's impossible to name everybody, but great overall team effort. You know. Yeah. Did you know that that was our biggest victory? Like for OU since two thousand three, like since the seventy seven to zero win over Texas A and M, I, I kind of figured it. I because I can't remember us putting, you know, or having that big of a win uh, since you know we've been here. So I kind of figured it would be, but that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, kind of wrapping this up, you know, Coach Riley, I think he made a statement to the media. Um, you know, he said something like, "Now the challenge is." that we've played a complete game, you know, our opponents moving on, you know, we have faceless opponents and, you know, just from my perspective as a leader, Braden's perspective, you know, that's just how our attitude needs to be moving forward. And uh, that's the challenge that, you know, we talked about today um, in our team meeting. And I know that we'll continue to hold our guys accountable moving on uh, throughout this week. So um, looking at our Nebraska game, Man, when is the last time Nebraska played Oklahoma? I probably should have looked that up before we started. Coach Riley did take the time to let us know how notable and how important this game is to the history of of college football, you know. Um, Obviously, you guys know I'm from North Carolina, and I didn't really keep up with OU too much prior to getting here. So um, I'm very appreciative to to all the the old heads who came and played this game before me, to all the fans who – who, who watched uh, this game and uh, this game is what the 40th anniversary of the, what game was it? You remember game of the century? Yeah. Biggest uh, TV audience. Uh, I think in history before that, or for a football game, obviously uh, before that time. Uh, and yeah, it lived up to all the hype. It was a great game and a lot of NFL talent on the field. And yeah, I mean, just to echo some, you know, some of what you said, it's just it's just great to be on the field for this game. I mean, it's such a historical game, and uh, I just want Sooner Nation to know, and, you know, guys that have came before us, coaches that have came before us, that we really appreciate, you know, the opportunity to go out there and compete, you know, during this game, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, big game. Uh, that doesn't really change the way that we approach um, the game at all, but it is worth taking the time to just, you know, be appreciative. Uh, be grateful, like Braden just said. And uh, I think the only bad thing about this game is that it's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like just for like, you know, like TV and like audio. Yeah, for TV fan purposes, I'm not going to lie. I like them. I yeah. mean, I I like them. I obviously like the night games. The night atmosphere, night game atmosphere is ridiculous. That's the, you know, some of the best games come from night games. But it's, it kind of goes back to how we were saying, like, with our morning practices, yeah. I, like, just getting straight to it, man. I, You know, I find myself for for night games having to, like, 
having to conserve some of my energy a little bit, you know, kind yeah. of just, I just kind of sit there like a boiling pot of water or something like that with a lid on. But when it's morning games, I wake up on go automatically ready to go like yeah. on edge, you know? No, I definitely understand that, you know, in the morning when we have like Sooner Nation, when we have our 11 a.m. kickoffs, like we just get up and go. Like you don't have time to think about anything. You just get up, go out there, play football and, you know, your day's over with by two o'clock. You know, if you have family in town, you get to spend time with your family. You know, if you're like me, you know, my, my family flies out, you know, they fly in on a Friday and, and leave on Sunday. So after our 11 a.m. games, I have time to spend with my family. So uh, there are pros and cons, but um, yeah, Braden, I do. Uh, I do agree with you. I do like the earlier kickoff games just a little bit more than the later games, because like for the later games, you're just sitting in a hotel all day, you know, like you said, just kind of you know, just waiting. Yeah. I mean, it, I like the early games because we get to see stuff around the country with other teams. I mean, you could do that with a, a, a night game, but at the same time for me, I don't really, I mean, when I'm, when it's game day, I'm in that mode. I don't really want to see anything on the outside. So yeah. like, you know, I, I don't even like, that's why I didn't see anything except for the Ohio state Oregon uh, game. But yeah. When it when it's early, you know what I'm saying? Just get up, get ready to play, go play, then maybe you can catch some good football after. You never know. You know, I think uh this game might have been the last straw for Joe C. You know, he was like, Oh, I can't get the OU Nebraska game at six. We're leaving. Like we're going to the SEC. This definitely should be a game that should be at six o'clock. It's a yeah. you know, historical game and everything like that. I definitely agree that this game should be at six yeah, o'clock. For sure. This game should definitely be the later ones. Yeah, you know, Josie's like we're not getting this game. We're out of here, you know. <laughs> Man, that's funny. Uh, yeah, Josie, please, if you're listening, don't take me too literal on this. I do not know what went into that decision. Uh, that is above me. All right, Sooner Nation, moving on to our next segment. Our special guest coming up next. All right, Sooner fans, next on the show, we have our special guest, Trevor Knight. Trevor, man, I appreciate you coming on. How you doing? Guys, happy to be on, man. Thanks for including me. Uh, this is neat. I, I know what y'all are doing, uh, the podcast every week, but to have two guys that are in the midst of a season, in the heat of battle, uh, get to talk to you guys and for y'all to share your thoughts on a weekly basis, man, what a treat. And I'm happy to be on, man. Thanks for having me. No, man, too bad you couldn't do it back in your days, huh? I know, man. I was, <laughs> I was telling these guys before we started – and I was get out of practice, watch some film, get some food, and go straight to sleep. You guys are way ahead of what we were doing back in the day. I say back in the day. It's only been a few years, but it feels, at least when I wake up in the morning, it feels like it's been a couple decades. Man, yo, I know you would have made a killing off of this, huh? <laughs> Dude, I, I I got a lot of thoughts on the whole NIL deal, and I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts at some point. But, uh, yeah, man, get to talk ball each and every week. I mean, me and my, me and my esteemed partner, I call him esteemed, but I don't really like him that much, Bryce Petty from, uh, from Baylor. We're doing a little podcast right now, and there, there's nothing better than sitting and talking ball, man. The only thing better is playing ball, which you guys get to do both. So this is a pretty cool deal. Yeah, so uh, speaking of your podcast, so the Trevor and Bryce Show, a college football podcast, how did that come about? So what, what was your journey to make that, uh, make that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, Bryce and I have, have became pretty good friends after our playing days. And uh, we've talked about doing a podcast for a while, but we didn't have, you know, the technology. None of us were really tech savvy. We didn't have a production team. We didn't really have all the infrastructure to get it done. So we just we kind of kicked it down the curve. Right. Um, and then we got approached by two guys uh, in, in Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster, who have done podcast and, and radio and TV for ESPN for a long time. 
on they're on the college hoop side. Um, and they asked us and a couple other guys to come in and put together a weekly show. So so Bryce and I are doing uh, Trevor and Bryce show uh, every week. Um, and we're covering the Big 12. So we'll talk about you guys all the time, obviously. Uh, but really anything and everything going on in the Big 12. We have some fun guests coming on. And, uh, man, it's just – it's good, like I said, to be back talking ball. I mean, when you're in it, it's one thing. But when you're out of it, just talking about it gives you that that little itch that you got to scratch each and every uh, each and every week. No, nah, that's beautiful. Love that for y'all. Um, I Since you mentioned it, I do want to you know, touch on that, that subject. So, you know, we have all the all the noise of going to the SEC and everything like that, but we're still in the Big 12. We're still worried about the Big 12. We're still worried about this season. So what do you think about the Big 12 so far this season? Yeah, it's been interesting, right? I mean, look at you guys. Obviously, the, the road to the Big 12 title runs through Norman, um, you know, six in a row going for seven. And, uh, man, what, what a culture that Lincoln's built, that Bob built, and, and, and the culture of Oklahoma football, right? It's right where it wants to be. But that puts a lot of pressure on you guys as a program. So you come out, and, dude, I know you guys felt it out there on the field, but Tulane was gritty, man. That was uh, – those guys were playing hard. I, I, I talked about their quarterback, Michael Pratt. He reminds me of Mike Winchell from Friday Night Lights. They're playing in the state championship game. This dude's spitting out blood. You know, he's going balls to the wall. He dives. He comes up one yard short of the end zone to win the state championship. It was kind of the same thing. That dude, you guys were punching him in the mouth, and he just kept coming and coming and coming. Reaches the ball out there on fourth down and comes up short. So I know that was uh, that was that was gritty for you guys, but you were able to respond, and and that was what was great about this past week. Get back on track, get that confidence going, and continue to do that week in and week out. But then you you look up there in Ames, right? You look at Iowa State. And that's a team where we actually know players on their team coming into the year, right? I mean, household names, Charlie Kolar, Kolar, Brock Purdy, these type of guys that everybody knows about. They had a great year last year. They returned so many players and, and they have just not played well for the first two weeks, right? I mean, if you would have told me that, that Brock Purdy would have zero touchdown passes and three INTs in, in the first two weeks, I would put my life savings on. So it's interesting to see – then you see Texas, you know, just absolutely get pummeled this past week. It's interesting to see as we start to get into Big 12 play how everybody's going to kind of uh, develop their identity. Are we going to have some teams that had high expectations and, and not perform the way that you and I thought they would? Or are teams going to, you know, knock off a little rust after a COVID year and start, you know, hitting their stride? I obviously, being a fan, hope you guys, uh, you know, continue to do what you're doing and – go on the uphill trajectory and, and we get to cheer a lot on Saturdays for you guys, but it'll be interesting as it starts opening up to, uh, to watch the big 12 across the board. Spoken like a true analyst. What'd you think about that, Brayden? That was nice. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Now, I, you know, I, my thoughts on that is just, yeah, we saw a little bit of struggles week one and two, but as we go through the year, obviously everybody's going to play us tough. It, you know, we're Oklahoma. Everybody's going to play us tough. So that really has no – that really – we don't even look at that and, you know, flinch at that. Everybody's going everybody's to play us tough. So it's always going to be a game when it comes down to anybody with us. So, Trevor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Trevor, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, How – for those that don't know your story, how did you get to Oklahoma? What did your recruiting process look like? You know, tell us a little bit about the road to Norman. Yeah, man, my, my story is cool. Um, my story is a little bit different than, than a lot of guys. We all have our own unique kind of path to get there. But um, I, I was a San Antonio kid, born and raised, um, you know, didn't have anybody that came before me in my family that played big time athletics. 
you know, high school ball from time to time, just really people having fun. And, you know, I got a twin brother that, that played with me up there at OU and, um, and, and we had each other. So we just went to work every day. My dream always was to play big time college football. As I got older, it developed into an NFL dream, but my first dream was to play college football. And, and as a young guy, it was to play at Texas. My dad's a Texas grad. San Antonio is about an hour south of there. So uh, I'd go up to games in Austin and, and sport my burnt orange, and, and that's where I wanted to play. Um, when I started getting recruiting, uh, they had just fired Greg Davis, which was their offensive coordinator. Um, it was under Mac Brown. Mac Brown was kind of in the hot seat on his way out. And, uh, and they brought in a guy named Brian Harson, who at, at the time was at Boise State. Uh, he brought his guy that he had committed there. So they said, hey, Trevor, we're not going to offer you right now, so on and so forth. You guys know that story, right? You get these coaches that promise you things and then they don't deliver or whatever. But I had an offer from pretty much everywhere in the state of Texas other than that and in the surrounding school. So I made up my mind that I wanted to stay in Texas. So I committed to A&M under Mike Sherman, uh, the year behind Johnny Football. And, uh, and decided that was where I was going to go. Mike Sherman gets fired, and uh, I get a call from, uh, fr from, from the good old Boomer Sooners. They're like, hey, Trevor, come up and take a visit. I know you want to stay in state. Come up and take a visit. So I drove up to Norman with my parents and my brother. We did the whole tour, the whole nine yards, right, and, uh, and, and sat in Bob Stoops' office, and he, he told us what the culture was like up there. We walked the halls uh, that you guys walk every day, and – it's just a different feeling, man. So we got in the car and, and went down Lindsay Street, took a left on 35 to head home. And and me and my brother Connor looked at each other and we're like, man, this is uh, this is it. This is where we're going. So uh, that started the story, went up there and um, and and was there for four four good long years and, and wouldn't have traded wouldn't have traded in a single second for it. It was amazing. Nah. Man, now Trevor, you know I'm a Texas boy as well, so I don't know if Jay Hall can can relate to this. But growing up, my family, especially on my dad's side, were humongous Texas fans. Yep. Guys from yep. uh, East Texas, and that's just it, I don't know I don't know what it is about East Texas people, but they love some UT football. And so you know, I never was huge on UT, but I never didn't like them right, right. All either. Right. So you know, I kind of feel the same way in that regard. So it's it's yeah. hard to hear you yeah. say that. That's right. Yeah, I knew nothing about the whole Texas Oklahoma thing until I got the offer. So, uh, <laughs> man, Trevor, uh, redshirt freshman year, played eight games, five starts, MVP of the Sugar Bowl, win against the two-time defending champs, Alabama, three hundred plus yards. The next year, you start ten games in twenty fourteen, and then Baker transfers in. You know what? What was that like? I, you know, I I've heard stories obviously passed down and everything and obviously baker is doing his thing in the league now but what was that transition like from your perspective yeah absolutely man my career with everybody wants to come in especially as a quarterback and you know you dream about it at night i'm gonna go up there i'm gonna start for four years i'm gonna win four national championships i'm gonna win four heismans but you guys know that's not reality right um and my my career especially at ou was a lot of ups and downs uh going in a red shirt of my first year going into that next year we had a guy named blake bell who's still playing in the no fun league at tight end, playing for the Chiefs, uh, had a catch or two last night. And, did you see uh, the uh, QB sneak and, last night? Didn't he have a QB sneak too? That was yeah, really I, think, cool. I think he did. Yeah. So he's doing really well. He's on like year seven or something like that, which I'm like, dude, if it wasn't for me, you'd still be playing QB and you'd be sitting on your couch just like I am. So I need 10% of your contract, you know, uh, but it was his, it was his job. He was a junior. He had scored like 20 plus touchdowns at that point in the belldozer package. Um, when Landry Jones was the starting quarterback. But I just went to work, man. 
and just went to work every day. And that was my dream to be the starter and uh, got named the starter for that, that year, uh, played two games, got hurt. Blake and I bounced back and forth for the rest of the season. He had some really good performances um, and, and I had some really good performances. And then we capped it off with a win over Alabama, which was, which was huge for our program. Um, and they went into the next year and, and uh, I mean, you guys know the standard at Oklahoma is so high. Um, we were number four in the country. We ended up losing the TCU by uh, three points. And then we win a really sloppy game against Texas. And then we lose to Kansas state by one point uh, and so on and so forth. Next thing we know, the only team we really got blown out by was, was Baylor. And that was just a really tough day. Um, but we, we were eight and four going into our bowl game against Clemson. Um, and, and we had lost other than the Baylor game, the other three games by a combined total of seven points. So you're that close to being a one loss team going to the, that was the first year of the college football playoff. But instead, you know, like we were talking about before we started the show, you're ruining people's Christmas. You're eight and four in your Oklahoma. And that is unacceptable. Right. Then we go, I I'm coming off an injury. We go and play Clemson. Uh, this is right before they started their, uh, their run to all these national national titles but they had one of the best defenses I've ever seen. It was one of those nightmare games. We got blown out in the Russell Athletic Bowl by Clemson. So we, uh, we, we fire our offensive staff and bring in um, this young coach from East Carolina in Lincoln Riley. And, um, and we open up a QB competition. Bake's there. Bake is a fat little <laughs> transfer that's doing like – he's living in the normal dorms. He's living in like Walker. Uh, he's playing intramurals. Uh, he's got some roommate that like is an insomniac and stays up all night playing computer games. And I'm not kidding you. Bake will admit to this. Bake was like 30 pounds overweight when he got there. It's like this dude, there's no way this dude was the freshman of the year, true freshman walk on that balled out at tech. Like this can't be this guy. And uh, man, it was fun to watch him um, looking back on it. Right. I mean, Bake and I have a great relationship and I'm, I'm so thankful for our time together because there are guys that just have an it factor. And you guys have been around some of these guys. You guys are these guys that man, when they step on the field, they make everyone around them better. And uh, so we went, we went and started battling it out and, uh, and he nudged me out and ran away with it. And um, man, it was, it was cool to watch from that perspective. It taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about competition. Um, you know, when things aren't going your way, you get a, you have a choice to wake up every day and pout or you get, you can wake up and still go to work. And, uh, and that's just what I did. I tried to be the best teammate I could be. And, um, and I, I hope I did a pretty good job. I hope, you know, looking back, some of my teammates would say that, and it afforded me the opportunity to go play, you know, another year down at a and um, and then end up, you know, getting to fulfill my next dream of playing in the NFL for a couple seasons. So uh, unique situation, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but it was a really fun career. Yeah, you know, I've obviously been at OU for the past five years, you know, Braden's fourth. I couldn't, I could not imagine what it felt like to make the decision to leave. You know, I've, I have roots here. I have, you know, my family always comes to the games I feel like I have a whole nother life here like it's it's Jeremiah Hall 2.0 you know I know Braden could probably you know talk about that too but what was the decision like yeah, it, it, it is it is Jeremiah it's uh it was tough for me man because not only that I you know I had my I had my things right I'd go to fuzzies every week I'd go to tea cafe you know we'd go we'd go to to um Charleston's yeah. for dinner and, and on Thursday night we just had our routine just like you have right and then on top of that, I got a twin brother that I've never been apart from for more than a week in my life there that I know if I'm leaving, that's the first time we're going to be apart and not play on the same team. So it was, it was a leap of faith. And I didn't know that I was going to go start down there either. So um, sometimes in life, you just got to take those leaps of faith. And, and it worked out for me in, in a great way. And I'm still thankful today 
that I can go back to Norman and I'm welcome there um, because the place means so much to me. I got my degree from there, played a lot of ball um, and, and gave it my all. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm forever thankful for that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, both of the last two topics that you hit on are great lessons for anybody listening to this, you know, about competition and, you know, just taking a leap of faith sometimes, you know, and then, uh, I heard about a, uh, was it Katie Perry story? Do you have a Katie Perry story? Can you oh, take yeah, yeah. that? I, I had no idea before we even like, started looking into this. So I need to hear this one. Oh dude. So, so I'm not that old, but, like Twitter was going and Instagram was going, but it wasn't quite like what it is now. Right. Um, but it started to get into like the followers and all that stuff. So we're, uh, we're number four in the country. We had just beaten West Virginia at West Virginia and we're playing TCU. This is, they had a really good team this year and uh, college game days on it's at the Grove in, um, in, in Oxford at, at Ole Miss and Katie Perry is the guest picker. And so we, it was a 2.30 game for us. So me and Blake Bell was my roommate. You know, we went down. We did our, you know, our team stretch. We did a little walkthrough. And then we, we had our, uh, you know, team meal. And then we're back up in the room watching college game day on our downtime before we, you know, came back down and ended up going to the stadium. And so we're just laying there watching. And she's going through the picks. And they're like, all right, Oklahoma TCU. And she starts just going at me, like, call me and, like, all this crazy stuff. <laughs> Dude, my phone, I looked at my phone and it just started blowing up. I mean, like people from high school, Twitter, like the whole nine yards. It's just like, like nonstop. So I'm like, dude, I got a game to play. So I turn it off. We end up losing the game. Um, and so I, I'm on the bus afterwards and I'm reading through all this stuff because we drove back. We, I don't know why. We, that year we flew down to TCU. And we drove back. And uh, and so I'm just sitting there reading through all this stuff. And I'm like, golly, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm pissed off because we lost. But second of all, I'm like, this would have been really fun yeah. to like, <laughs> live up if uh, if we would have won. But I couldn't do that at that point. That is the single question that I get nowadays. Like, none really? of the games I played in, none of that stuff people ask me about. They ask me about Katy Perry and if I ever called her, man. That is but that's what makes that what, that's what makes college football so much fun, man, is all the stuff that you get to experience like that. Um, or, or, you know, just surrounding the game, college game day and those types of things. And then also the fanship, right? I mean, right. fans are nuts in college football. That's what you remember. Right. So, Trevor, you know what I'm about to ask, right? Did you did you ever call it? I didn't. I was no? uh, oh. at the time I was. Uh, I So this is this is horrible. I, I hate admitting this. I gave it like a week and a half. Cause I was like, God, we lost, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not doing anything. And uh, like a week and a half later, I threw out this pity tweet, like calling her out, be like, I don't even remember what I said. I remember just sitting there like 10 minutes after I sent the tweet out. Cause I was with a bunch of dudes and they were like, yeah, you just need to send a tweet out. And I did it and I was like, golly, I'm, I just look like, for lack of a better term, I look like such a douche, you know, like it was, it was horrible. So no, I never, I never, I never talked to her. Um, but it was fun, and I still get a lot of questions about it. Man, you're better than me and Brayden. We would have been slid, slid in her DMs that next day. <laughs> I would have been the worst thing I did. I think you're way better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't think I even would have responded to anybody else. Like straight to her page. Like <laughs> no doubt. That's crazy though. I never, I never knew that until you know just recently. So that's 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 a fun experience though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so Trevor, man, we got a list of uh, we got about four or so questions. Uh, just really easy stuff. You don't have to spend too much time on them. But uh, first one, 
for you. We'll run through them real quick. What is your most memorable moment in an OU uniform? Okay. Um, man, there's some good ones there. Um, I'll, I'll give you two. And you guys know there's a million of them that you can choose through, choose from. But these are the first two that pop in my head. First one, I wasn't even in the uniform yet. Um, but I, I'll never forget, um, you know, busting my butt and, and wanting to be the starter. And, and Blake Bell and I were battling it out. And I went into Bob's office and uh, he said, hey, man, you, you got the keys to the castle week one. And I just remember having this overwhelming feeling. Um, I walked out to my truck, which was um, at, at the time, it's the uh, it's the Bud Lot where all you guys park now in between the stadium and, and the indoor. And it was sitting there and I just sat in the bed of my truck and I look up at the stadium and it was late at night. And I was like, man, that's crazy. I get to go and be the guy in there. You know what I mean? Like I get to go start in there on Saturday. So we got named, I got named the start of the week of the first game. And that was just you guys know, man, just like dream fulfilled, all that stuff, just overwhelming emotion. And then from a playing standpoint, this is more of a fun one because there's a lot of good ones. But uh, the first time that I saw my brother run into the game, my brother, he's he's a big dude. He played played what you guys play, played H, um, played Y, did, did kind of all of it, um, did deep snapping for a little while. That's how he got on the field a, a, a little bit more later. But uh, we had a guy named Trey Millard, which I know you guys know that name. And uh, Trey was um, was um, in the wedge on kick return, and my brother backed him up. And uh, we were playing tech. Trey went down with an injury, and next man up was my brother. And so he was a preferred walk-on, just busted his butt, and that was the first time I saw him run in. And that, as a twin, that's such a cool experience, man, like getting to go up there, play together. I was the big-time recruit, if you will. I was playing already. And then to see his dream fulfilled on that play, which wasn't a huge play, was uh man that was that was one of the greatest moments of my life and then later that year actually I'm sorry it was the following year um I got to throw him a touchdown pass up in Lawrence uh, at Kansas so uh that out of the many of them that was pretty cool for me man that's good to hear that's good. That's I wish I had a twin I mean I'm not gonna lie both of those sound like movie-esque moments yeah. honestly yeah. Those, yeah. that was great that was great I don't know if my moments could compare to that but I am going to say that, you know, you talked about Coach Stoops a little bit. I didn't really – I haven't played under Coach Stoops. I was a year after he left uh, OU. And so all I know is Coach Riley. So, you know, what are any notable stories or, you know, something about Coach Stoops that, you know, happened when you were here? Like, can you tell me something, like some stories or something? Like, do you have anything for me? Yeah, that? absolutely. I got some fun – I got all the stories, right? Um, Coach Stoops was amazing. You know, he, you can – you can credit a lot to where Oklahoma is at today because of Coach Stoops. Um, you know, obviously Lincoln was handed the keys and has, has taken that and taken it even further. But but Bob took the team over when they weren't playing their best ball and for 20 years almost, um, you know, just demanded greatness, um, expected greatness, and, and then got greatness out of a lot of his guys. Um, and it was the way he went about it. I think one of the lessons that I learned from Bob the most is just delegating – power and delegating leadership, right? Um, you've got a lot of bright minds around you from a player standpoint. you got a lot of bright minds around you from a coaching standpoint. Um, and then, you know, you've got the, the leader. And what Bob was always great about doing was knowing his spot as the leader of the team, but also empowering his players to make decisions, right? Empowering his coordinators to make decisions. Um, you know, there was one point in time that uh, – you know, he would have a, a, a captain's group, if you will. It was off season. So it was like accountability group. And he'd bring us in. He'd ask us, hey, man, wh wh what do you want us to do? 
um, when we got a guy that's not doing right, right? What, what do you guys want to do to take care of dudes that don't want to buy into our culture? And he had us kind of develop a plan of action and he just kind of signed off on it, right? So he delegated that power, which I thought was really cool. But one of my, one of the funnier stories of, of Coach Stoops, we were, uh, we were on the rugby fields. And I know you, you guys practice on the rugby fields a lot, but for us, that was just two days. Y'all don't even do two days anymore. We were in like the hybrid two days still. But uh, we were on the rugby fields, and, um, and there was a guy named Derek Farniak. He was like the biggest dude ever. ever. He was from South Dakota. He's like 6'9", 400 pounds. I don't even know what he was. But he's huge. Um, him and this other dude start going at it, like we all do, right? You know, I mean, you're getting a little tough over there. It's late in fall camp, and they're going at it. And I've never seen, like, it's Coach Stoops. He's a little older. He had just had hip replacement surgery like a year before. He grabs this dude by the chest and just starts driving him back. I mean, Coach Stoops isn't, like, that tall of a guy, but drives him all the way back into the fence that backs up to um, – like the tennis facility, right? And he's just Whoa. screaming at him the whole time. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So that's a, that's a funny quick story of, uh, of Coach Stoops. What a great guy. Love that guy. Uh, incredible coach. Incredible the way that he kind of passed the reins off to Lincoln. Um, and obviously you guys know how Lincoln is and, and what he's done with the program. Yeah, you know, when you're talking about that leadership and delegating, it sounds so familiar because I feel like, Lincoln does, you know, some of those same things. And so uh, it just kind of just shows how much Lincoln and, you know, Bob talked and how much he learned from him and so on and so forth. It's crazy how stuff gets passed down. But, um, man, so one more question for you, you know, and we're going to go ahead and let you know, uh, go ahead and let you go. Uh, this might be a tough one. You don't have to answer. You know, you can plead the fifth if you want to. But if OU and A&M play each other, let's just say next year, right? Who who are you rooting for? That's a great that's a great question. Uh, and, and I have a I have a very political answer for uh, that, which is which is the way I get out of it. But that's a that's a dream for me. When they came out, I know you guys probably had a lot of emotions. Um, you know, because it's it's a team, right? And you guys will be gone. But um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it, it's going to be tough to move to a different conference, right? But for me, it's like, man, I'm just an armchair quarterback now. I get to yell at anybody that's on the screen, and now I get to you know instead of watching football for six hours for two games I'll end up watching football anyways but I get to watch both my teams play in one game I get to sit back grab a glass of whiskey and just enjoy the ride right yeah. um, I, the, the truthful answer is this I've got two places that I can call home and I know you know you guys know what that means I went to OU for four years like I said I gave it everything I had I love that place I love the people there I love my time spent there I got a degree from there I'm a proud alumni um, I'm a proud uh, you know, football alumni, all those things. But part of my story is getting the opportunity to go extend my career and play at, at A&M. Got my master's from there. So I'm also an alumni. Um, couldn't imagine my story without going down there and experiencing that as well. So yeah, I know people want me to give a good answer and I don't have a good answer because I really do care about both of these programs a lot because um, for as much as I put in, which was minuscule, in, in the, the amount that was given back to me from, from both fan bases, both programs, and both life experiences. Yeah. All right. We'll, uh, we'll let you have your political answer. <laughs> so that's all good, Trevor. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Everyone, be sure to tune in to Trevor and Bryce's show whenever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Once again, Trevor Knight, thank you so much for coming on the podcast on the Prairie. 
Yep. Guys, thanks for having me. Best of luck rest of the year. Um, I'm, I will absolutely be up in Norman for at least a game, probably two, maybe more than that. So I'll be sure to uh, give you guys a nod and keep doing what you're doing, man. Y'all are in a, in a really neat season of life. The old guys that are, uh, that, are that, that have the opportunity to make a run at this thing. So best of luck and uh, enjoy being on. Right, thanks, Trevor. Thanks for letting us have some of your time, man. You bet. All right, Trevor. Thank you one more time for coming on to the show. Moving on to our last segment, listener submitted questions. If you guys don't already know, DM us questions on Twitter, Instagram, or email us questions to podontheprairie at gmail.com. We try and get to every single question, whether it be on social media or on the podcast. All right, Braden, you uh you got our first one. I'll take it away. I have to say though, this is probably my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I I just like it. It's cool. All right. The first question of the podcast, we're gonna go to Sarah Brianne Stevens, and she said, or she asked, when football is all said and done with, what is in store for Jeremiah and Braden? Jeremiah, you wanna start off? Man. I am still trying to figure it out. I honestly do, do not know. I was telling somebody this, though, the other day. Somebody asked me this exact same question. You know, I've built so many relationships, especially in my master's program. You know, I'm getting my business uh, administration, um, my MBA, for those of you who do not know. Um, you know, I've made so many connections. And I was telling my parents this a couple of weeks ago. I feel like the connections that I've made throughout my time especially my master's program is is or will be far more valuable than a piece of paper um can give me whether it be my undergraduate or my master's degree so if anything you know um you know i'm interested in trading um i'm interested in investments uh pretty much anything to do with uh money and in making money through uh trading and investments whether it be uh the stocks um hedge funds um just anything like that. I, I want to get my feet wet in there. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully I get into that sector. I actually, uh, if anybody wants a life update on my uh, personal life, um, I'm supposed to be talking with um, an associate from Bain, the consulting company this week. So um, still working on it and uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, what about you, Braden? Um, man, I got two, two things that I uh, possibly have my eye on after football. The first being, I don't know why, but it's always, you know, I mean, obviously, you know this. I don't know if Sooner Nation knows this, but, man, I love to work out. I am a weight room junkie. I I would say I'm pretty, I do decently well in the weight room. So, I mean, the first thing would be I would like to open up my own, like, athlete performance center for, like, high school, college, and, you know, pro athletes. I feel like that, that has been a dream of mine since I, I don't know, since I was younger for some reason. I mean, I think it helps that, you know, my dad is a uh, personal trainer, but I think that would be super cool. And so hopefully one day I'll get a chance to do that. Maybe I run across some cash later on in the future or in the future and I can do that. And the second thing is, I think it would be really cool to be a uh, a, a sports agent, you know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think it would be cool. And I think I would have, you know, pretty good connections from playing football and from, you know, I could maybe be a sports agent for a lot of the guys coming out of uh, OU. So I think those those are two possible options for me in the future. Uh, so we'll we'll see which whichever one presents itself first. So 
you know, those do sound like you. Like, I, I could very well see you in both of those fields. You know, especially the uh, the um, performance center. Man, that's that's already written. I can already see you doing that, like, tomorrow. Like, that's that's easy, you know? For sure. Most For sure. definitely. Um, second question. Grant Fate. What is the funniest locker room story since being at OU? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Man. Man, that's probably, whoa. I don't know, because I feel like just something small just makes me crack up every single day. Like, between the rap battles, the, the dance-offs, um, I will say, all right, yeah, this wasn't in the locker room. This was, like, in the, the cold tub, hot tub section. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen this before. But big old Bray Walker, right? For those of you who do not know, Bray is, like, six, seven looks like a freaking ogre like he's huge probably 340 pounds like all right so we're all walking back after practice into the locker room and in order to get into the locker room you kind of got to walk through the the hot tub cold tub section well the kickers are already in there because you know they're kickers they're they ended practice you know like 30 minutes ago and so bray's already undressed and he just makes this huge cannonball into the cold tub but the funniest thing about it was it wasn't the wave or like all the water that went everywhere it was the amount of water that left the cold tub like man like i just like we went to having a cold tub to barely being able to have that thing like above our waist like it was just ridiculous you know i just have never seen a human just make that big of a cannonball like i just i don't know that was pretty funny to me just because it kind of like pissed off all the the specialists that were in there and so uh i don't know maybe it was just one of those moments that you just had to be there but uh yeah that was pretty entertaining for me actually that's a big human so i can imagine a lot of water came out of that tub that's a very big human i don't know i don't know jayhaw like you said a lot of things have happened since we've been there obviously us being vets us being here for a while we've seen a lot but i'm gonna switch it up and i'm gonna go to something that wasn't really funny to us at the time, but now we can kind of laugh about it. And it always keeps us on track is that uh, like two years ago, we got put in the visitor's locker room for what, a week or two? Oh my goodness. Please don't talk about that. <laughs> we got, so for all the Sooner fans, you know, our, our facilities are top notch. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know this. Our facilities are top notch. Our locker room's great. It's a safe haven. It's a lounge for us. I mean, our locker room is great. Sometimes we don't take care of it. We are, you know, it's, it's 115 men in that locker room. Sometimes it gets a little dirty. We try our best to, we try our best as leaders to keep it up. But, you know, sometimes we slip. Coach Riley has an ultimatum. Y'all either clean the locker room or we're going to visitors, visitors locker room. Well, when I was younger, I always thought he was playing. I never thought he was actually serious. I thought Until so. Until one day. He said after practice, well, this is this was the last straw. I told y'all guys to clean the locker room. Y'all didn't keep it clean. Y'all are going to the visitors locker room. At the time, I'm still like, is he being really serious? Like, is he really he for real? That, I was like, there's no way it can be that bad. There's no way. And then I was like, how are they going to keep us out of our locker room first off? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's too many interests, all this other stuff, whatever the case may be. I'm still skeptical. So the next day, we get to the facility, 
and there's people at every entrance of the locker room and the and the doors are barricaded and they're automatically locked. And they're like, go get your stuff. We already packed your bags in the locker. It's go out to the go ahead and go out to the uh visitors locker room. There's a the the code is this and that. Y'all go ahead and go out there. So I get out there and y'all I I just say that you don't want to stay in a visitors locker room. They haven't updated this thing since like the 1950s. It's terrible. First off, we were two, two or three people to a locker. We have 115 people. That locker room is made for like 70, probably 60 or 70 people. Travel rosters, right? There is one stall, literally one bathroom <laughs> stall in there, and probably two shower heads. And then there's not even a urine. The oh urinals are like big old tubs. Oh my god! And like, it, it's it was bad, man. It was bad. The, the locker room is so small. Like, there's no reason that 115 people should be in in that space. The locker room is so small. I mean, so you know, the moral of the story is clean. You know, keep locker. the locker room clean. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and now we do that because we know he's actually serious now. Clean your locker. Teammates, guys, if you're listening, keep your locker clean. Especially Please. young guys. I know y'all think I, I know y'all think he might be playing. He's not playing. He will send us in the locker room in a heartbeat. Man. Last question. I'll wrap it up. Hudson Fry, F-R-Y-E, ask, who has the most drip on the team? Man. Um, I really don't know. It kind of switches up. You know, I saw I'll just talk about who I saw this past weekend during the Walk of Champions, right? Um Kennedy Brooks actually, you know, he doesn't drip or drown. He he drowns most of the time. <laughs> uh, I know we talked about drip or drown last week. Kennedy, he oh my gosh, he drowns a lot. But last this past weekend, boy was definitely dripped out. He looked good. He definitely he definitely had a little drip on this weekend. I don't know what got into him. Maybe oh, yeah. his mom dressed him. I don't know. Yeah. It might have been as a girl or some somebody, because that man, it wasn't him. <laughs> I have no clue. Man, uh, for me, man, I have to give a shout-out to my boy Jaden. My boy Jaden be putting that stuff on, man. Jaden Hazelwood, he be putting that stuff on. He His outfit this week, was it, it, it was top-notch. I can't lie. You know, it, it was nice. So I'm going to have to go with I'm going to have to go with Jaden, man. I mean, obviously, if I can't pick myself, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But if I had to pick someone else, I'd have to go with Jaden, man. Honorable mention to a lot of guys. And then a lot of guys think they can dress and they really can't. I, you know, it's... Yeah. Honorable mention, yeah. Like you said, to a lot of guys, I, it's hard to pick, you know, because it, it's never consistent with us, you know? Only thing that can, that is consistent with us is our appearance to practice and knowing that we're going to play on Saturdays. But um, Sooner Nation... Man, that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. Uh, me and Braden have not found a concrete idea on how to get you guys to come and come and say what's up to us at the games. The best idea we have so far is during pregame, we always warm up like all the tight ends are around section. Was that 45, 46? Yeah, if y'all just go to just go right behind the goalpost, baby. Yeah. That's where we'll be at. Yeah, right around the goalpost area. If you guys are around and want to holler at us pregame, I think at least 45 
50 minutes prior to kickoff. Like, just look at the clock, and we'll be around there somewhere. Um, yeah, come holler at us. Come say what's up. We'll wave. Uh, if we got time, maybe take a picture. I don't I don't know. That might be pushing it. Uh, that's probably the best we can do right now. So, um, But anyways, thank you for your support. Continue to send us questions. DM us. Um, email us. Uh, any businesses, if you're looking to uh, sponsor the show, if you want us to give you guys a shout out, talk about your product a little bit, just let us know. We're open to that kind of thing. And uh, that's all we got. Thank you so much for your continued support. And uh, I'm out. Thank you, Sue. Thank you.